0: Just waiting for Eva's brain to stop swelling so much so she wakes up. Best Mm -hmm. way to describe somebody being unconscious I think I've ever encountered. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, Hoping that she's found soon by somebody who's not a taxon Um, (laughs) because a taxon's loyalty and self-restraint are doubtful when there's fresh meat without a struggle available. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just have her sort of musing on everything that's happened and this is where we find out the truth. Mm-hmm. about uh what went down with esm and alice and kim right um go on daniel uh
1: so esm and idris knew that the kendrona was running out and that starvation lay ahead and Essam was like, I am I would rather die than contact the Empire. And Idris was like, not me. I was not ready to die. I loved life as a human. I loved my life as Alison Kim, as Hildy's wife, as a mother. I had gone over. I was as much human as Yerk. But how to survive, and much more important, how to rule. Because as much as I enjoyed my life on Earth, I still burned with ambition to be a viscer, To command and control the only class 5 species we knew. I simply wanted to shape the invasion of earth to allow me to maintain control to allow me to maintain control over the tactics and the strategy we could enslave the people of earth gradually they would never need to know that we were among them until we were them and they us and all under my control and he's like all right i need to present this to the council as like uh, a, a full package I, th- I need to present my proposal to the pa- council um and so they they moved to uh somewhere else other than hollywood a mid-sized city on one of the oceans they stole millions of dollars from bank accounts formed a whole bunch of fake companies raised a million millions more dollars from the sale of stock and once she has the seed money of several hundred million dollars
0: in the 90s begins, in the 90s she begins to hustle. create the sharing yeah it's really an american
2: yeah. story, yeah.
0: pulling yourself up by your bootstrap <laughs> yeah. uh and the american dream
1: yep and she creates the sharing uh, to cater to one of the most fundamental human weaknesses, the need to belong and the fear of loneliness, the hunger to be special, the craving for an exaggerated importance. Um, I would make a haven for the weak, the inadequate, the fearful. I would wrap it all up in the bright packaging that humans love so much. The sharing would never be about weak people being led to submit to, to a stronger will. No, no. It would be about family, virtue, righteousness, brotherhood, and sisterhood. I would offer people an identity, a place to go. I would give them a new vision of themselves as part of something larger, erasing their individuality. Uh, yeah, it, it's a cult. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and she only needs one thing before she presents her proposal to the council, and that is she needs a human to submit voluntarily. And she holds her first meeting of the sharing. 35 people attend. Um, and like she's impressed that so many people are already coming to her. Um, those people are, uh, basically, uh, wooed by like the, the music and the speeches and the flattering attention Paid to them by attendants that Idris hired specifically to do so. Um, impressed by expensively produced booklets, awed by pictures and symbols. Um, and uh, we learned that Idris had taken a human host for exactly this pur- purpose. His name was Lawrence Alter, a real estate salesman. I changed his name to Lord David Altman. Three name combinations were popular then. Uh He was a charismatic man with a loud, deep voice and an abundance of hair, just the sort of face that humans respond to, though his brain was a wasteland compared to Allison's. Allison Kim had been left handcuffed to a radiator in a hotel room, awaiting my return. Later, after it was over, I found I couldn't recall exactly what I'd said to this first meeting of the sharing, not the specific words. A lot of high-flown rhetoric touching on the on the themes humans love to hear. That they're special, superior, a chosen few. That their failures in life are all someone else's fault. That mystical, unseen forces and secret knowledge will give them power. The next Saturday, there were more than twice the number of humans. And already I'd begun to explain that there was an outer sharing and an inner one. Uh,
2: the sharing is also a pyramid scheme. The sharing idea. is also a pyramid scheme.
1: Um... Well, called
2: pyramid schemes, so.
1: though. Yeah, it's true. Um, and the inner sharing, of course, is what we know. Uh, all a human had to do is enter, to enter, was surrender their will. This was what Essam, who had infested only loenstein and hildi would not credit that humans would surrender their freedom in exchange for empty words. But I had infested the lost soldier and the even more lost Jenny Lines. I had tasted human defeat and superstitious, superstition and weakness. And it was so easy, disturbingly easy. I had been in a human host for a long time, gone from the negligible Jenny Lines to the formidable Alice and Kim. I had come to have some sympathy for humans even as I plotted their destruction, their destruction as a race. I had, or felt I had, human children of my own. And so a part of me, a small part of me, was like Essam and did not want to believe that humans could be this easily fooled. Part of me, a small part, was disappointed that I was right. The first was named Rich Huntley. He almost begged me to let him join the inner sharing. Why, I asked him, why do you want to join? Because I really believe in all the things you're saying. You can believe without being in the inner sharing, I said. Why is it so important to you? It took a while, but in the end he told the truth. Because I want to be a part of something. Something big and important. Part of something. Anything. So long as he could be a part and not be himself alone. If you join the inner sharing, it will mean losing all your individual will, I said. He shrugged. It will mean that you will never again be free of the sharing. I don't want to be free of it. I love the sharing. I love you, Brother Lore. You will be a part. Different. Yeah, that's what I want. He was so willing, so eager, I suspected some sort of clever trap. It couldn't be this easy. Humans could not surrender their own individuality for nothing but a promise that they would be special. It was insane. One final test. Essem had left his host, agreeing to help me with this experiment. Poor Essem, he thought he would win the bet. I raised Essem from a small jar half filled with water. I held him in my hand. I knew how he looked to humans. Slugs, worms, leeches. The reference points were never flattering. The human, Rich Huntley, recoiled. The sight of Essam in his natural state sickened his human sensibilities. Rich, I said. This is a yerk. To become a member of the inner sharing, you must allow me to put him in your ear. He will enter your brain. He will take over your life. He was nervous, afraid. But then I'm in, right? Then I'm in the inner sharing, right? Right. Does it... Does it hurt? No. Okay. Okay, then. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We did. Essam found himself looking out through Huntley's eyes at me. You win, subvisor. he said. I was generous in victory. We win, Essam. All Yerks win. And humans lose. The first law of evolution, Essam. Survival of the most fit. And it's not as if we intend to eat them, I joked. We're not predators. We're parasites. They'll live. They'll be fed and cared for. They'll be slaves. Look around that mine while you're in there, Essem. What else was this human good for? Essem left the host and we disposed of the human. We recorded the entire thing, proof to the Empire that I had not only located a true Class 5 species, but that we could begin harvesting human hosts right away without the loss of so much as a single hork And this is where we get the, the true brilliance of the sharing, I guess, is not only is it, you know, a secret invasion that people will just give themselves over, but the benefit to that too is that they won't have to lose any of their current controllers in some kind of war against them. And it can be managed by a relative few number of controllers. You don't need a huge fleet to be able to take Earth. You just need a small contingent that will work quietly in the background while the Yurk Empire is off doing war elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, honestly, it's it's a brilliant plan. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, too bad anamorphs <laughs> <laughs> um uh but yeah she contacts the empire sm knew, knows that she contacts the empire and he agrees for her to contact with the empire um that's not the point where sm and she parts ways uh So the rupture between Essam and Idris comes weeks later when it, be- when it became increasingly clear to Idris that she no longer has any use for Allison Kim. I needed to spend all my time now as Lord David Altman, spiritual guide of the sharing. What will you do with Allison, Essam asked. What do you mean what will I do? We will have to kill her and destroy the body. And while we're at it, we'll need to erase Hildy Gervais as well. Hildy is tied to Allison, and it will be better if it seems that both have simply moved away. You would kill the mother and father of these children? Essem, we have no choice. Our new hosts will simply adopt the orphaned children. They're young. The children will be fine. Yes, as you say, sub Soon there will be no sub, I said happily. I will be Visser, and a Visser in the single digits, Essem. What can they deny me now? I could be Visser Six, or Three. I could even be Visser One, Essam. Won't that be wonderful, Visser One? I was too caught up in my own visions of power to spot the warning signs. The rest of what I'd told the council was true, or mostly true. Essam had overpowered me, starved me till I left Allison Kim. He'd left me with access to Lord, Lord hmm, to Lord David Altman. I did go in search of Essam, but not to kill him. He had my children. I wanted them back. I still. Wanted them back And here is where Visser 1 awakes From unconsciousness Uh, She's been given a stimulant (laughs) To bring her back to full alertness um, And they Repaired her most recent injuries um, Basically The ones that Jake and Axe gave her But none of her other ones Of course can't heal any of the Other ones Uh, And they are all brought back into the trial chamber and both of them are clearly now being watched. They have doubled the Hork-Bajir guard. Um, <laughs> and outside the chamber, the hork were multiplying um, ready to obey Gerov's direct orders, orders that might result in Visser Three's arrest, uh, but it would be more likely result in his immediate execution. After all, a morph capable warrior is very, very hard to hold on to.
2: Mm.
1: I should have been pleased to see him brought low, but I was not. I too was now sure to be condemned, and I would not have the advantage of a quick, painless death. <laughs> You're a thief, a slave mistress, a murderer many times over," Eva said. "How is it that I can e- feel even the slightest pity for you?" Uh, but when the council comes back, Garoff is like, "There's still a few questions left, Mister One. Why don't you?" finish your story and she's like what (laughs) uh don't make the mistake of believing that you are still on trial viscer one the trial is over we have already decided on a verdict two verdicts
0: (laughs) I just this love the three. implications that, that, that we've made a choice, but you are such a messy bitch that we want to know the deets. <laughs> we need to know the end of the story before yeah. we kill you.
1: <laughs> um, uh, tell, us in succinct, succinct, tell us in succinct fashion what happened after Essam left with your progeny. And she tries to turn her memory back uh but she's already she's still caught up in memory like she's thinking about sailing um as eva and thinking about being on a boat with peter and marco um she says i had shielded myself from the boy and his father i had learned by then not to let human emotions affect me i was an actor playing a part to perfection I used Eva's mind, her instincts, to be a good wife and a good mother, even as I plotted and waited and plotted some more. I never let Eva see my children. Never let her know. I watched them through other hosts, but not through her eyes. She hated me so for what I was doing to her family, her son. Somehow, I never could stand the possibility of her knowing that I, too, had children. We all do what we have to do in life, human or yerk. Morality is an illusion, a shield for the weak. It is all about the hunger for power. I knew that, believed that, and yet I could not let my host see that I was a mother too. I could, I could stand her hatred. I could not stand the insinuating pity, the appeals to, to a shared love. Ah, uh, so she talks about how she chased after Essam, um. Essim and Allison and Hildy were good at hiding, but the twins eventually both got high fevers and they had to take them to a doctor. They were admitted to a hospital, popped up in a computer search, and that's how Idris knew where they were. I was there very quickly. Three days had passed. I knew Essam would be starving. I hoped to use the presence of the Candrona to torture him. Starvation is so much more painful when salvation is near. You were going to save him. No. No, human, I was not. He had abandoned me, spurned me. After all, we— Jealousy? Jealousy? Don't be idiotic. Not jealousy. Rage! Rage! How could they? Essam? Allison? He had a duty to me. And she? Hadn't I treated her kindly? And yet she tricked me, used me, and then turned on me. My God, do you hear yourself? You use and enslave and kill without mercy, and you expect loyalty?
2: Mr. One, if you are having some sort of difficulty in focusing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So she's pulled out of her fight with Eva to continue. She finds Essam starving. Uh, Hildy was cracking under the strain of experiencing Essam's pain. Um begs idris to kill him and she asks why are the twins here he's like do you actually pretend to care they have a virus if i had the ship i could have synthesized an antiviral but i didn't um uh, he staggers collapses she says you betrayed me and you betrayed your race your race is sick sick and twisted and evil it was hildy talking to his own on his own uncontrolled we are parasites, Mr. Gervais, I said. You are a predator. Go ask a cow or a pig what they think of humans. We do what we are born to do. I'm dying, Essem. again. Dying. Don't, don't hurt the kids. You can't. He collapsed suddenly, utterly. It was as if every tendon in his body had been cut at the same moment. He lay there, breathing but little else. I reached down and turned his head. Left ear, right ear. Assam was trying to emerge from the right ear. He was halfway out, escaping the host in the moment of death, as instinct tells us to do. I grabbed him and pulled him the rest of the way, but he was still more attached than I'd thought. I suppose death had already reached part of his body. I held half a yerk in my hand. He moved very little, then he stopped moving altogether. I put him into my pocket. A strange moment, a moment I'll never forget. So small, we Yerks, compared with the host bodies we take. So small, I could stick my friend in my pocket. I was alone on Earth. The only yurk. It would take weeks for anyone else to arrive. Maybe months. I was more lonely than ever. Hildy woke slowly, but he was not the same human. Bits of Essam still stuck to his brain. Dead nerve endings were tied into his. Some of his neurons fired through dead yurk tissue. He tried to attack me, push me out of the stairwell into a corridor. He tried to choke me with his bare hands. Allison saw us fighting. Nurses and interns and security guards were running to intervene. They pulled Hildy off me. They dragged him away, raving about aliens. They held him for psychiatric observation. As soon as I could get free, I went after Allison. She was gone. The twins were there. Allison had no choice but to leave them, of course. She was afraid I'd kill her or infest her again. I knew she would come back for the children. I I relied on it, but she was very clever. She came back disguised as a doctor. A wig, colored contact lenses, so on. But I knew her too well. I killed her. My God, how could you do it? How could you do such an evil thing? No choice. If she lived, she'd have come after me. She was respected, believable. She was dangerous. She knew I was Lord David Altman. She knew how to find me. Garoff nodded. You eliminated this troublesome host. Yes. And the human Hildy? Obviously, you did not kill him. The humans diagnosed him as mad. He could rave all he liked. It wouldn't matter. No one would ever believe him. And the children? Garof asked. I left them where they were, in the hospital. In time, they were judged to be abandoned and put up for adoption. That is where human pair-bonded couples take over care of another human couple's progeny. And then? I took a deep breath. It was all at an end now. I waited for the first ships to arrive, and I built the sharing. Once the first Yerks arrived, I began to work feverishly to acquire willing hosts. Once we had enough willing hosts, we would have the forces necessary to begin taking involuntary hosts as well. A few, then a dozen, then a hundred. We built our financial base and began the secret construction of this very facility, the first great Yerk pool on planet Earth. Finally, when I judged the time was right, I eliminated Lord David Altman. Humans will tear down a living leader, but revere a dead one. I left behind sufficient writings, vague nostrums, platitudes, absurdities, prophecies, the sorts of transparent nonsense that humans pour over so endlessly. The time was right for me to change hosts. I found his body, I took it, and I continued running the sharing. I found this body, I took it, and I continued running the sharing from behind the scenes, building facilities, creating false fronts, infiltrating, swelling our numbers, all with never of Drakenbeam fired. I smiled, amused by my own persistent pride. I had done great things. You're a murderer, Yerk. That soldier, Jenny, Lowenstein, Allison, Lore, and you would have your—you would have had your day, human, when time came that I tired of you. Is that everything, Visser One? Garoff asked. Everything I thought. Everything but the years of missing Essam, missing Allison, regrets, rage. The thrill of seeing my power grow as my plan came to fruition. The impotent despair of watching my children from afar. Half yerk, half almost human. I had taken this final host because at least unconsciously I wanted to know the life I could never really know. The love of a spouse, an equal, the love of a child. But none of it had ever really touched me. I had, I'd had my fling with humanity. I was a yerk once more. I was Viscer One. It's enough, I said. Uh, and so the council passes its judgment. Uh, but while we're waiting on their judgment, Eva and Idris have one final conversation. Uh, Eva says, I shouldn't have helped you, even if it did lead to open war. I shouldn't have helped you. You filthy, evil thing. I thought I'd found something decent inside you. I thought you were a mother, too. I was. I am. At least now you'll die, and I'll be free. I laughed. You'll die too, human. What freedom is there in death? I'll be free of you. Uh And then the council comes back with their verdict. Uh basically, Garoff reads them for filth. <laughs> Visser 1 and 3, you have jointly <laughs> and, and, or individually committed a dozen death penalty offenses. Visser 3, you lied to and manipulated this council. Visser 1, you clearly committed numerous death penalty offenses during a period earlier in your invasion of Earth. You were both condemned to death by Kendrona starvation. But we'd suspend both sentences. <laughs> uh, and basically, they're like, alright, so you're all on probation. Visser 3, you haven't made any fucking progress with Earth. Your sentence is suspended because we have no one ready to take over operations here. So get good, scrub. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and <laughs> we need these hosts. We need them badly. The Andalites are building up their forces. And Visser Three is like, yeah, I will give you Earth. I will begin the annihilation of their cities. No. F- no, fuck no. Or you're not paying attention. The Andalites have at long last become fully aware of the situation on Earth. They are assembling a massive fleet in orbit around their homeworld. It will be ready to launch within months. Target uncertain. Uh, either Earth or the Anadi world. It will depend on which they decide is more important. But, as you know, Viscer 3, the Andalites are slow to commit. A sudden violent war on Earth would be sure to draw them in. Do you have the forces to fight a full Andalite fleet containing 30 of their dome ships, Viscer 3? <laughs> I didn't think so. Uh, and Garof is like, alright, so Visser 1, we want the Andalites to attack us in the Anadi system, but not right this second. You are gonna go to that system, you're gonna rig dragon cannons on all of the moons, and, uh, you're gonna remain a officer there, and fight- bring the Andalites to the Anadi system so they're not coming to Earth. Um, Geroff says, you are too valuable to dispose of just yet. You remain the most successful military officer in the Empire, despite your illegal and troubling methods. You are ordered to proceed immediately to the Anadi system and take over the subjugation of her sentient race or races and prepare to resist an Andalite attack. Succeed, and you will live. Eva actually breaks through Idris's control. um, Begging them to kill her. Um, And uh, Idris is like, what, are you sick of my company? Uh, A new chance to redeem everything. Uh, And Idris closes her eyes, holds them shut, and uh, thinks about the whole new world that has opened in front of her. A new planet, a new race, no more troubling humans. And this time, this time, I would do it right. The children? Visser III had made Darwin a host. Darwin, my son, was lost to me. But what about Madra? Was she still free? Could I? No, I couldn't. Some day, not yet. But someday she would know me. I would tell her all about me, all about who I was, how she had come to exist. And she would love me as a daughter loves a mother. And if not, then I could always infest Madra, place some well-trained Yurk in her head. Then she would love me. She'd have no choice. Yes, it was all going to work out fine. It was a great, big, lovely galaxy full of opportunity. And then there's a small bit at the end where she, like, teases Visser Three of, like, oh, I could tell you about the Andalite Bandits. uh and but I'm not she, gonna. <laughs> but I'm not gonna. Um, but yeah, that that last line there about Madra is what we've been alluding to this whole time. Of she, she is not a mother who loves her children. Mm-mm. She is a narcissist who wants to own uh, these people that she sees as belonging to her. Mm-hmm. But that's the end of
0: the book. We made it. It only took two and a half, two recording sessions. (laughs) (laughs) Seven hours. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) A lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, There
1: is a lot to talk about. Uh,
0: God, she fucking sucks. It's great. She sucks
1: so much. I hate Uh, her. Yep. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this book so compelling. Like... It's good because she sucks. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I love that she sucks in such a different way to Visa 3. Yeah. That we yeah. have this, them as, full, as like, foils to each other. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's...
2: <sighs> She's a good fucking villain.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. given uh, what so much of what we've seen as the motivations of the Animorphs to act and how it's about, sort of, at the end of the day, a lot of it boils down to love and duty.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and contrast that against Viscer 1 and Viscer 3, just like it's about power mm-hmm. and the uh, mm-hmm. inability to comprehend that anyone would want something else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's just like, yeah, but. If you're powerful, you can have all the things. It's just like, mm,
2: that's, that's no. not like how that works? <laughs>
1: <sir>. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's. I mean, it is. It is the the fatal flaw of the York Empire mm-hmm. is the, uh, the preoccupation with ambition. <laughs>
2: Mm
1: -hmm. At the expense of other things,
0: Um, uh, and and somebody uh, that mm -hmm. I will freely admit this. I have very little in the way of ambition as a person. There are things I want, sure, Mm -hmm. but like I'm certainly not very driven. I used to think I was just lazy, but. Uh, some soul searching came along, just like it's just that I don't feel a great pressure within myself to achieve certain specific things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so seeing people entirely like people who are driven and just know what they want and go for it, I admire quite a lot. Like, oh, you're that? Wow!
2: And that right?
0: Like? <laughs> 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 That's so cool. Can't relate. Um, right. And seeing that so dialed up, uh, it's one of the things that makes amusingly enough the Yerks feel so very alien to me. Is that mm-hmm. they're so consumed with that desire, mm-hmm. and it's like it's, just, it's about power and how, what they view power as being, which is subjugation over others. Yeah, which I suppose if you had started off as just slugs chilling in a pond. Until everybody else came around and started going, hey, did you know there's, like, shit outside the pond? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could have that. It's just... You can see how that would become... Where they started, you could see how that would be one of the things that might Mm -hmm. arise, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But go on, Dirk, please.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, what I was going to say is it's not even because of the pools. Uh, you guys have talked about this before, uh, about mm-hmm. how there's plenty of yurks who are perfectly happy just in their pools. And also about the fact that the yurks we as readers encounter are the ones who specifically were not content just with mm-hmm. that. The ones we encounter as uh, the audience are the ones who did, you know, attack the Andalite and steal a ship, uh, so that they could run off and, you know, conquer yeah. the rest of the universe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right.
2: So,
1: yeah, I mean, it it also speaks to not just they were introduced to something more, but that. Yerkes have been indoctrinated to want more mm-hmm. all the time. That Not only that to want more, but that they are entitled to more.
0: Again, this comes back to the fascist ideologies inherent in mm-hmm. the Yerkes. It's
2: mm-hmm. like, no, you
0: deserve better. You deserve more. We are the best. Mm-hmm. Everyone else sucks. Why should they have it? You deserve it. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. fine to die in the cause of getting it, because mm-hmm. it's for the glory of the uh, empire. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, Danielle, and go on. Oh, I was going to say Danielle when you mentioned like they're indoctrinated to want more, and that mm-hmm. this is what they deserve. It made me think of—I I cannot for the life of me remember who it was who said it, but someone who said it. Uh someone pointed out that like Americans, uh middle class Americans, especially middle class white Americans, uh don't always believe that they are middle class. Uh mm-hmm. they think of themselves as temporarily embarrassed millionaires. <laughs> and yeah. uh the Yurks are like kind of the same thing. It's mm-hmm. it's not that, you know, they have a natural form and a natural way of being, uh, it's that they are temporarily disgraced owners of bodies that can see Mm -hmm. and walk around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remembered
0: the point that I've been circling around in my head after Mm. I forgot it. Um, Uh One of the things in this book I find quite striking is this one where he just says, Reiterating about the yurks as parasites. Mm -hmm. And this is like somebody who seemed to be very intelligent, very shrewd, very good at, well, and very good at seeing the big picture Mm -hmm. and how it never recurs to her about the possibility of a symbiotic relationship, which Mm -hmm. we have seen. That's why the whole thing with escort happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because learning that actually no, you don't have to do that, mm-hmm. and how it doesn't because, like Danielle was saying about the indoctrination, about how they're trying to think of themselves as a certain way and everybody else as lesser than to be made hosts and nothing more, and which is why I fucking love the members of the Yerk Peace Movement <laughs> that we meet. And I mm-hmm. hate that we don't get to spend more time with Essence Hildy because we've, that feels to me like it, maybe not at first, definitely became something like what we have seen with Yerk Peace Movement members. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they do feel like, now this became a vibe. Like just like, nah, mm-hmm. yeah. there's clearly, unlike Idris and Alison, and there is a mutualness. Mm-hmm. To their dynamic, and that it's Essam speaking, and is horrified at the notion that Idris would kill Allison.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I just, I just um, love it, and just like the fact that it doesn't even occur to this incredibly smart, savvy person who can put so much together that there might be a different way of approaching things
2: mm-hmm.
0: that she is oblivious to. And that, yeah. I suppose, goes to illustrating the power of the indoctrination. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. You just, are just, and how hard it
0: is. Yeah, you're yeah. not immune to propaganda, but and how hard it is to break out of that kind of thinking, especially if the system is serving your interests. Because mm-hmm. why would you want anything else? If if you're getting everything you want, then the system is working for you. So why would mm-hmm. you want to change the system? Yeah. And then obviously, like um, you'd have to tell me, Daniel, if we ever meet any members of the Earth people who are higher up the command chain, mm. assuming because some of them are like humans, so they had to have been clearly not low level to mm-hmm. have gotten entitled to a human host, mm-hmm. um. But, yeah, limited to pork bages, I guess. But just the kind of yurks who do go, actually, this system sucks. I don't want to do this right. anymore, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love
0: playing in the universe and Dumb Kids and <laughs> how we're getting to see little pockets of how things can be different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's job, Thanks. Uh
1: the it strikes me very much as like a toxic masculinity kind of mm-hmm. deal. Mhm. You know, um teaching people that they are entitled to certain things, but also in the same way keeping uh, uh doing very badly by those same people by forcing them to conform to very specific, uh, ideals. Mm-hmm. You know, we see that with how, uh, Idris talks about Essam. Like, Essam is too mm-hmm. soft to be in command, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: really it's just like Essam has a shred of compassion. Uh, and I think it, it really does speak to the fact that, like, you know, we do see Yurks that are, uh, what is it? Deprogrammed by, uh-huh. you know, certain interactions with humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think for a moment that Idris might also be on that same train, essentially.
0: It's good writing because for a while you do think, oh, this is like a secret plan of hers. She actually Mm -hmm. is a human sympathizer. She has, and she's going to do things like, oh, no, no, no. She is a colossal asshole. She is the Mm -hmm. worst kind of person. Yeah. Because she thinks she's better than others, but isn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And I
0: think it, I think it makes the
1: people who do choose to, uh, go the Yerk Peacement route, uh, mm-hmm. Yerk Peace Movement route. Um, just that it makes them seem stronger and better for their convictions because we see it not work. Mm-hmm. And I think the point you make about, uh, like, the the difference in rank and how you know, you don't, you don't want to destroy a system that you're benefiting from. Uh, I think that's an extremely good point to make. Um, because I don't think we meet any York peace movement controllers, um, who have any kind of rank. Um, and it is, I, I, I think that is That's a very good theme to recognize that is in here. Um, And
0: I mean, that's indicative of many systems uh, that Mm -hmm, we have mm -hmm. to like the media, like you already mentioned, like toxic masculinity and the patriarchy. There's Mm -hmm. also obviously white supremacy and Mm -hmm. how that affects people. And this is stuff that one, you have to recognize you're in a flawed system, which is hard in and of itself for other people too recognize your complicity in it Mm -hmm. and then be willing to do the work to try and dismantle it or at least at the very least not buy into it and make matters worse and to what you were saying earlier Dirk about fighting and the ways that we can fight it's just there are ways to do it even when you feel like you can't Mm-hmm. Because you're not able to go to a protest, or it's happening in a place that you're not um, don't have access to, or maybe it's because you're an immigrant to a place you don't have the right to vote, or you've been disenfranchised because you've got a criminal record. Mm-hmm. Like it, the world is full of systems that benefit rich white men and their ilk. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's work that a lot of people don't want to put in because they're doing all right, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Don't rock the boat. Don't make waves mm-hmm. because you you don't want to become one of the disenfranchised.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't – and there's also the fear of I don't want to lose what little I feel I have. Mm-hmm. To yeah. take a slightly more sympathetic ear, it's, it is scary to put yourself out there to risk what you have, especially if you've had to fight for it. Mm-hmm. And this is why those in power prey on, like, low-income white working class people. Just like, mm-hmm. no, we've got to make them hate their neighbour rather than hate us and that's why it's in the interests of certain people in power to set the lower down people against each other while you stoke racial tensions or uh, anti-immigrant mm-hmm. uh sentiments because if you're mad at the guy next to you you can't punch up at the mm-hmm. source of the problem mm-hmm. the unionize is i yeah mhm mhm uh the animals books are actually quite good, is what <laughs> <Yeah>. we're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny how that works. Funny how that works. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's uh, there's some good stuff in here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again is why we get frustrated at the weaker elements and the missteps and the bad mm-hmm. things. Just like, come on, you're undercutting yourselves here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. like having to recommend stuff with caveat. Yeah. yeah. But here we are. Yep, yep.
1: Do we have rankings? Yeah. Do we have, have any, any other thoughts?
2: Thoughts? thoughts? Yeah. Mm. Nah, I think I got it all out. <laughs> <laughs> Rung the brain <laughs> dry. Just like
0: uh-huh.
1: We have talked a lot. <laughs> we have. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. What about you, Jade? You good? Uh, I think I should stop. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I could find something else to talk about. I have no doubt. <laughs> but.
2: That was not the question. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, okay. All right, Possible all right. rankings. Uh, what do we give the plot for this one out of ten?
2: Mm, i feel pretty high like
0: mm-hmm. seven mm-hmm. or eight
2: maybe even a nine
0: mm-hmm. i'd be inclined to give it a nine just because the backstory yeah. stuff is all it's it unlike a lot of things that doesn't feel like any extraneous yeah they're yeah. just for the sake of drama like everything that happens feels very well paced and mm-hmm. the reveals are good yeah mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I'd be yeah. inclined to give it probably a nine.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Characterization, right up top. Like, oh yeah, I love getting these outside perspectives, but also like for what we see of Marco in this, mm-hmm. and you guys know how I feel about my son. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just top tier. There are no yeah. characterization beats in here that made me go, mm. yeah, yeah. I only and- had a narrow focus. But the focus it had was good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, uh, I joked about like Visser 3's scenery chewing, but not only was mm. it like A class scenery chewing, uh, it was mm-hmm. also like very in character for him and tempered by those moments where he tried to mm. do something sneaky or did actually do something mm-hmm. sneaky and good. Yeah. It has yeah. a purpose. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. is.
1: It is either him responding to his emotions in ways that we know that he responds to his emotions, which is to say poorly, uh, mm-hmm. or he is attempting to goad visitor One into something.
0: Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and one little bit I want to give a credit, and I know this is probably the first ka written we've read in a while after a lot mm-hmm. of ghost written, um. From an outside perspective, uh, Idris, the scene where we interact, where they she's interacting with the animals and we know which animorph is which without mm-hmm. them being named. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you know, that was Rachel fucking <laughs> ready yeah. to go to war. And like before it's revealed that it's Cassie yeah. by name, knowing that she would be the one that does that.
2: Yeah, and put her paw the comments on his that Jake
0: makes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like everyone, like we didn't really hear from Tobias, but he, often he is very quiet in group situations, paying attention.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's very so, possible like, that he was contributing in Thoughtspeak that they weren't sharing. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. My point is, it's really nice to see KA here, like filling in some good little bits of shading and details on the kids Mm
2: -hmm. from that
0: outside perspective that makes it so interesting Mm
2: -hmm, Mm
0: -hmm. mm -hmm. um enjoyability slash satisfaction
1: i love this book
2: it's great (laughs) it's it's a real good one yep
1: there there's a reason why i've been saying forever that like i cannot wait for you to read Visser. Yeah, a uh, top tier. Yeah. Yeah. It's Whoa. it's so good and so complex, and mm-hmm. like there is definitely an argument to be made that like maybe it is too complex for the age range it was written for. Um, mm-hmm. like I have Perhaps. mentioned a couple of times that like it's easy to come away from this book if you're not reading very carefully with a more sympathetic view towards Idris. Mm. Um, which isn't to say, like, you have to go through a lot of mental hoops in order to come to the right conclusions. Like, it's all there very plainly in the text, but it's not as plain as it is sometimes in other books. Well, yeah, like, it is
2: a... But also, um, like, at the a- end, like, uh, it's very clearly laid out because like the end of the book is what you know tweens in the right age range are going to take away from it is like the very Mm -hmm. end and they're going to realize oh wait she was lying all of this time all of it was lies Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: it's like I know I as a reader as a child like I would read a book like this and like an hour and a half um and on the one hand it meant i could speed through a whole lot of books and i read a lot (laughs) but it also meant that like i wasn't reading super carefully um and there are multiple times that i go back to some of these books reading them and i'm like i like missed whole sections of them because i was reading so fast um and so like when I, when I first read this book, I did come away with like a more sympathetic view towards Idris. Um, like I wasn't, I wasn't like fully sympathetic. I wasn't like, oh, you know, she's actually trying to help save him. Like I wasn't thinking that. Um, but it was definitely like, oh, you know, she's a complicated person and she actually. Uh, does, has learned a lot about humans and wants, uh, wants to take them over slowly so that they all live and don't die. And it's like, no, not really. <laughs> it's all for entirely selfish reasons. Um, like there, there is no, there, there is no compassion there. And, um, it's, more more than that it's like she is lying to herself about her her being compassionate right mm-hmm. she sees her viewpoint as compassionate but it is very not yeah Um, and that is a nuance that was lost on me as a child so like there there is an argument to be made that like this book is extremely well written and like it it is in the same kind of language that the other Animorphs books are written. And I praise up and down K.A. for not pulling their punches and like hiding things from children or dumbing things down. Like, it's just a complicated book that like, if I, if I were to recommend this to a child, I would, it would be one of those things. It's like, yeah, this is the kind of thing that you read with your child,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and don't just send them off to read it by themselves. Like you know, like how there are certain television shows like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, yes, you can watch this television show, but I'm gonna watch it with you, and then we're gonna fucking talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so,
0: yeah, yeah. But I, I fucking love this book. It's mm-hmm. great. Uh, let's rattle through the ending questions. Yeah. Um, a favorite part. duck as i guessed (laughs) i knew this was gonna happen and
2: fuck i have to pick one no
0: that's why i said a favorite part (laughs) i know what i'm about oh um
2: honestly i uh i think probably my favorite part is on the phone when marco mm. not not only like when he reads the entire situation but when Visser 1 is like oh jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh huh and uh like i i just love her recognizing uh like how little information he has and how smart he must be to just get all of that. And Mm -hmm. like, not just being like, Oh, how impressive, but more like, Oh, Jesus Christ. This is a problem.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What about you, Danielle? Uh, My favorite is the interaction with the animorphs. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just, just Eva talking to Marco
0: is perfect. Yeah, that's probably my favorite too. Though I want to give a shout out to the scene uh, where Idris describes um, infesting Allison and killing mm-hmm. Jenny. Mm-hmm. And that one's good too. Why I want to highlight that is because I feel like up until that point, it just feels very much like oh, but well, this is a yuck. You know, mm-hmm. this is sort of standard. Oh, well, ha ha ha. Yerk's up. Yerk's going to yurk. <laughs> it feels like for a book series that was all about war, <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway, I feel like the book takes a sharp turn mm-hmm. into showing just how dark it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. With one act, like it's described on like a page. hmm. Mm-hmm. And it feels like there is just this shift, then. Yeah, yeah. And it's very good, like yeah. that. I say as a part that I surprised you, like just that cold-blooded murder in a very human way. This isn't using a dragon beam or a sharp part of your anatomy because you're Vessel Three and just like, what animal can I have that will make murder extra fun for me? <laughs> um there's just something and i think because drowning is such an easily understandable way to understand is a horrible way to die mm-hmm. but it's a very uh, accessible point for for a human reader like i yeah. think a lot of people probably experience maybe being in water and feeling uncomfortable and things like that even if you've never had to go through like a near drowning experience mm-hmm. It's everybody very has easy. And I, oh. like everyone like horseplay in the pool where somebody holds you under the water because kids are assholes,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know, mm-hmm. and things like that. It's Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I was gonna say everybody has snorted water at least once in their life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. quite right. Yep. Yep. Uh, also
0: shout um... out
1: to the scene where Idris infests a human for the first time Mm -hmm. Mm. that one is also good
2: yeah
0: Mm. uh, um i suppose this is a surprising slash thing that is going to linger is the visual of idris pulling assam out of hildi's ear and leaving mm -hmm. part of him behind Mm mm-hmm and the implications of that and what that does yep. for you. And bear in mind, we've met people who have been infested. And oh, does that mean that something bad happened when the Yerk tried to get out for them as well? Like, it's some yep. good, and I say good, that's some true like Cronenberg-esque body horror. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, now there is permanently parts of something in your brain. And it's not it's just like, cool, your brain is fucked forever. Have yep. fun.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't even mm-hmm. think like about the,
0: that. That's, that's, the, that's some good horror science or science yep. horror. Yep. And yeah. And incredibly dark. Again, mm-hmm. like the moment in the pool, just like hearing the desert. Like, and her so blase, like, oh, yeah, I grabbed onto him and pulled and he basically came away in my hand, leaving some stuff in there. Oh, well, sucks to be Hildy. Like, yo yep. <laughs> years you've been with that person, and just goes to prove again just how I suppose evil or just, just the kind of person that Idris is, mm-hmm, like underscoring mm-hmm.
1: that. Yeah. So Yeah. But uh surgically removing the yerk from Dr. David's head and dumb kids is definitely gonna go just fine.
0: Woo <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Danielle I love you. I, Fuck d- off. I, I don't know how many
1: more warnings about that particular thing I could give you all. You all are stuck on surgically removing that yerk. And I'm just like, that's not going to work.
0: Well, excuse. <laughs> there is... I can't say anything right now because we're recording. I will yell at you more in a bit. Um, <laughs> but sl- did any part not make sense or that we didn't understand or caught you off guard on the reread, Danielle returning to it. Um,
1: I don't think so.
2: Uh I did like entirely forget, because uh, I also read this uh when I was younger, but uh I I also did that thing where my brain was like, oh, the Megamorphs are something different, and so I read like the rest of the series. Then I tried to read the Megamorphs, uh, in order. That was a fuck. But um, I did read this one, and um, I entirely forgot about Alice and Kim and about uh the babies. Like I one hundred percent forgot about them. So that was that was wild to come back to. (laughs) I was gonna say, (laughs) yeah, like even in my uh, like live blog to Danielle when I was reading it. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the beginning of the book, when Idris is like, there are two humans that like I cannot let die. I was just like, she really does care about Marco and Peter. And then it's like, oh, there are babies. I was like, son of a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what about you jade um
0: i don't think so um if anything i feel like i understand these series more and i'm just angrier about like (laughs) culture generally so you know well i feel the understandable and natural reactions to have nothing Mm -hmm, overly mm -hmm. shocking Mm. yorks are dumb That's my takeaway. Even smart yergs are dumb. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, And lastly, essential Animorphs reading. Yes. For the overarching plot, I would say probably not really. Aside Mm. from that last interaction with the Animorphs Mm -hmm. and knowing, okay, Vissal one's fucking off for a hot minute and the Andalites, they're going to try draw the aggro of the Andalites elsewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think if you like these books and are interested in these characters, absolutely uh, and I think you would be missing out if you didn't read it
2: mm-hmm.
0: I don't I think somebody could quite easily just say to you, okay, well this happened yeah like in terms of the overarching narrative you could very concisely say the relevant plot details from mm-hmm. that one chapter effectively I
2: mm-hmm. don't
0: uh-huh. From a characterization point,
1: it is essential. Yeah.
0: Yes. I mean, and I'm talking strictly from
2: a narrative perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, think yeah, it's yeah.
0: necessarily essential. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: But, uh, as far as understanding Viscer One, uh, and like what the Yurks are doing and what they're like, and also learning about the Council of yeah. Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, it's law, law essential lore essential
0: but uh yep plot less though also marco essential like if you're (laughs) invested in marco and understanding marco yes oh god (laughs) yep yep i appreciate not everyone is the uh, is, is crushed by the existence of marco as hm. some of us are. And that's okay. If you don't like Marco, I think you're wrong, but you are not <laughs> Everyone is uh-huh. allowed like, to have You can their absolutely opinions. dislike. Yeah. He's absolutely written badly in places and has some deeply annoying qualities given to him by various writers. I don't like everything, but as a character, he is everything to me.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: All right, all right. We have now talked for a total of re- realistically what seven and a half eight hours. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we should do an outro.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, Dirk. Where can people find you? Uh you can find me uh, on Archive of Our Own and Tumblr at PF Diva. Uh, you can also find me on my home podcast, Hope's Hearth. It is a sci-fantasy actual play podcast, uh, where we explore luxury space communism, hyper-capitalism, hell, and everything in between using a variety of gm games. Uh, I said last session that we are closing out on our third season. We are closing out on our second season. We will be having our Q&A soon. And, um, you can find us at Hope's Hearth Pod. You can find our podcasting collective, Hearthside Enclave, at H.S. Enclave. Uh, we've got other podcasts. There's a fiction podcast, uh post-apocalyptic news radio. There is a podcast, Abbey Archives, that's about Redwall. If you like this particular, uh like podcast and you also like Redwall. you need to listen to abby archives because it's basically the same thing except it's a pagan and a christian instead of a newbie <laughs> and somebody who's been through the series uh mm-hmm. anyway cool
1: <laughs> uh my co-host has been jade you can find them on the internet at jade oxford rose you can find their home podcast follow the leader at fdl cast uh if you like GMless actual play games and you like and or you like character-driven stories then you should absolutely check them out because they are fucking phenomenal uh today during this recording or right after this recording they're going to be doing a live stream to celebrate four years of Excuse incredible me. storytelling uh you will be able now. to check out the vod uh, if not on Twitch, then definitely on our Standing Stones YouTube. Um, you can find out more about the podcasting guild and the stuff that we do uh, at uh, stones underscore
0: standing on Twitter. And if you like the cut of Danielle's jib, you should check out their home podcast, uh, The Room Where It Happened, where you get to hear them playing this Dope ass Lady Werewolf called kiki we're all very gay um they're currently playing <laughs> urban shadows in appalachia if you like your urban fantasy uh eldritch flavored go check it out there is a lot of incredible stuff happening in elder county tennessee uh and you should check it out you can find danielle at Red Tailed talk 90 basically everywhere on the internet uh, <laughs> and you should support them and the work that they do because they're great <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: let's do a clap let's do a
0: clap at the minute at At the minute. minute